team restructuring, letters to fans and legal action. We're only two races into the F1 season and there's already been a lot of news to keep up with. So get ready because you've been summoned to the steward's office. Hello everyone and welcome back to the steward's office. I'm Syra, and today I'm going to be doing a recap on some of the news and events that have been going around in the paddock since the season started. There is always some kind of news coming out of F1, even when it isn't a race week. So let's just dive right into it. I'm gonna have to start off with the massive letter that Mercedes posted to their website after the Bahrain Grand Prix. I think we could all tell that the team was starting on the back foot when we saw them in that first race. From that point on, I knew that it was probably going to be a pretty difficult season. And I just kind of expected the usual social media posts that we've seen from Mercedes. You know the ones that I'm on about. The whole, well, comeback fighting, it was a hard weekend for the team, but we're sticking together. And we did see a lot of that post-race. But for some reason, Mercedes also decided to publish a letter, a 500-word letter, where they spoke about how they knew the fans were disappointed, but so were they. They weren't going to be pointing fingers at anyone in the team, and it was just going to be a process for them over the coming races as they worked to figure out what happened. And by the end of the letter, they just wanted their fans to continue supporting them, to keep pushing them forward, keep encouraging them, and to stick by their side. And I think a lot of us were stuck wondering why Mercedes felt the need to publish this letter when we were only one race into the season. I could get it if we were seeing the car completely falling apart on track, if we'd seen a double DNF, or they had drastically dropped to the back, and I'm talking right at the back of the grid picking up no points that weekend whatsoever. But that wasn't the case here. It really wasn't actually that bad. Look, I'm a Mercedes fan, and of course it was disappointing to see that they hadn't really made the improvements that we had all been expecting and hoping for. But like I said, if they were right at the back of the field, the car was unreliable and both cars were way, way out of points, I would feel so much worse about this. The reality is, though, that, yeah, it's not a great car, and seeing Aston Martin completely leapfrog Merck is gutting as a fan of the team, but it's really not that bad. Not bad enough to warrant a letter after one race. I don't know, guys. Part of me wonders if there was potentially a slew of online hate towards the team on their social. Some fans, and I'm using that word lightly here, can get really vile and send hate, or you just see the constant comments telling the admin to stop posting and make a better car. I don't know if this is a surprise to some people, but the social media admins for the teams usually don't work on the car. I know, really shocking stuff there. So comments like that, I just don't see the point in them. But yeah, maybe that was why, or they were just trying to get ahead of those comments, because there were so many of them last season. But I don't know, I I don't know why they opted to put a letter like that out right at the start of the season. It was a little strange to see, and I know a lot of you felt the same way when it got published. 
Now, there has been some pretty interesting news that has been surrounding Haas. Not so much the F1 team, but Haas Automation. And Gene Haas has founded both the F1 team and the company, so that is where the link comes in. Haas Automation are a machine tool company, and a Ukrainian watchdog has accused the company of breaking US sanctions by sending high-precision CNC parts to Russian military suppliers. They've said that they found evidence to show that this has happened over the past year, and you can understand why this is going to be a massive problem for the company if it's true. The vice president of Haas Automation has said that these are false claims that they haven't been trading with Russia since a few weeks after the invasion of Ukraine had begun. But PBS NewsHour, who did a report on this story, said that they found records that show that the company was shipping to Russia months, not weeks, after the invasion. Now, the F1 team were pretty quick in cutting ties with Russia after the invasion had begun. Ural Kali, who were the team's title sponsor in 2021, were quickly taken off the car during pre-season testing in 2022, and that sponsorship had ended pretty sharply. On top of that, Nikita Mazepin, a Russian driver who was a part of the team, also lost his seat because of it. So Haas didn't really hesitate in distancing themselves from anything remotely Russian that was near their team. They were really quick just to cut those ties as soon as they could. So, all the news now probably isn't what they were expecting. The F1 team have even opted to reshare the statement that the main company had given, reiterating that the story was false. Gunter Seiner said he wanted to reshare the statement because they were getting a lot of questions about it, and I get that. Instead of answering the same thing over and over, when it's not really to do with the F1 team, It's just easier to reshare that same statement so people kind of know where the team stand with everything that's going on. I'm not really sure what's going to happen from here though. Will they be subject to a legal investigation? I have no clue. And when I say they, I do mean Haas Automation, not the F1 team. The company though are standing by the fact that they've done nothing wrong and they haven't broken any sanctions. But if they do face legal action, there's always a chance that it could affect the F1 team, given who their founder is. Heading back more into the world of F1 though, AlphaTauri are a team that have been subject to some pretty big rumours since the season started. At the end of February, a lot of people had started saying that there was a chance that Red Bull could put the team up for sale. AlphaTauri is owned by Red Bull after the drinks company bought out the Minardi team in 2005. And look, let's be honest here guys, it is pretty clear to see that the AlphaTauri seats are generally used as Red Bull junior seats. Seb Vettel, Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen made their debut with that team before moving into the main RBR seat. Okay, technically, Seb made his debut at the team when they were Toro Rosso, but those are just a handful of the RBR juniors that made their start at the AlphaTauri team. But why the rumours about RBR selling the team suddenly? Sure, 2020 was not a great season for AlphaTauri, they ended up in ninth in the constructors, but that can't be a reason just to sell your team, right? And according to the rumours, that is not the reason why. The founder and owner of RBR and AlphaTauri, Dietrich Mateschitz, passed away towards the end of last year, 
And after his passing, there were talks of the ways that Red Bull could streamline their F1 teams. And that could include selling AlphaTauri. Unlike Red Bull, AlphaTauri is actually based in Italy instead of Milton Keynes. And there were a lot of reports saying the team just wasn't cost effective. Rumours had it that it was costing more to run than the main team. And the fashion brand just wasn't doing as well as what they were expecting it to. So that just opened up the floodgates for news reports about the team being sold and who could potentially buy them out. And of course Andretti was one of the main names that got battered around in that conversation. But RBR and AlphaTauri did not let those rumours carry on for too long. Franz Tost came out about a week later with a statement saying that he had spoken to the current CEO and managing director of Red Bull and there were currently no plans for Scuderia AlphaTauri to be sold, and that Red Bull were planning to support the team into the future. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. Red Bull are going to be fully making their own engines in 2026, and I'd always thought that the plan was to also supply those engines to AlphaTauri, instead of just selling the team off. And of course, there are a lot of Red Bull Juniors coming up through the formulas right now. I mean, in F2, I can't look anywhere on that grid without seeing a Red Bull livery car. That is how many Red Bull backed Juniors are in F2 right now. And that's on top of the fact that there are a lot of previous Red Bull backed drivers that are on the F1 grid. And just like Ferrari and Mercedes, Red Bull don't want to put their junior academy drivers into that main seat. So what do you do with that massive crop of drivers that you have that have a lot of talent? Red Bull do have an eye for picking up extremely, extremely good drivers. Where do you put them? Where do they go? How do they progress into Formula 1? At least that's not something that AlphaTauri, RBR, or their junior drivers need to worry about right now though because there are not any plans to sell that team. We've also had news of some massive restructuring coming from two teams in F1 and they were Ferrari and McLaren. Let's start off with Ferrari first though because there were a lot of rumours that were swirling around Maranello. We've heard multiple rumours now about key figures in Ferrari either wanting to leave, being sacked, or quitting. I think right now, one of the highest profile Ferrari employees I've heard rumours about wanting to leave is Laurent Mechies, who is the racing director for the team, but that's also been mixed with the news that the team want to fire him, so I've seen those rumours in some places, and then rumours that he wants to leave in some places. And these rumours have already linked him with jobs with Alpine and the FIA, but we're gonna have to wait and see if any of that actually comes to fruition. One person who has actually left the team after resigning though is David Sanchez, who was a key part of the car concept design, and we will get back to him later, I promise. But with rumours of more dismissals and grumblings of unhappiness, you start to wonder what's actually going on at the factory. Because this is the most I've heard about people leaving the Scuderia in what is a pretty short amount of time. Corriere della Sport, an Italian sports newspaper, have said that there had been a bit of a rift between Fred Vasseur and the managing director of Ferrari. 
What the rumours were saying was that Vassar doesn't actually have that much power over Ferrari compared to previous team principals. So he hasn't really had a say in the staffing at Ferrari and that mainly those decisions are coming from the Ferrari board. On the other hand though, there have been rumours that staff have been leaving that were especially loyal to Mattia Bonotto, the last team principal at Ferrari, and that they weren't particularly happy with the new changes within the team. So there have definitely been some conflicting news pieces there and it's just hard to decipher who wants to leave or who Ferrari might want to fire and who is actually staying with the team right now. Fred Vasseur has been trying to get on top of these rumours though. In terms of Laurent Mackies, he's pretty confident that the race director won't be leaving anytime soon and the same goes for other staff members that have been rumoured to leave. To be fair, he's been pretty open in saying that, yeah, of course people aren't happy at the team right now. They aren't winning, the car isn't where they expected it to be, and the start of the season just hasn't been great for them, so he's not expecting them to be happy. But he did say that there's a difference between them being unhappy and them wanting to leave their jobs. He's tried to play down those who have left and those who might be planning to leave though, Vasu basically said that it's just what happens in F1 teams. You get staff turnover. No one is going to stay in the same job forever and you're going to want new blood to come into the team. And look, I think he's got a point there, right? I'm not saying that. But the rate at which these rumours are coming, it feels like there's a bit more going on there than just the usual staff turnover. I mean, for me... I think changing your team principal is a big change in and of itself, right? Especially when you've brought in a team principal from a different team. But when you're then pairing that up with some key figures from the team leaving or rumoured to be leaving, I feel like you're just going to start unsettling the team. You can promote people or bring new people in, but it's just going to take a little while to have the dust settle and for the team to actually function as a full unit again. But Vasud doesn't think that key people are going to be leaving the team. But does he actually have that reassurance from those people? Like, has he asked them? Or is he just hoping for the best here? Because even having that reassurance from them doesn't mean that they're not going to leave. On top of that, Vasud did quash the rumours that it was the board, and in particular, the managing director, who was in charge of the decisions and not him. He said that he's been given room to make the decisions that he wants to do for the team and no one else is in charge of that. Which, look, to a certain extent, I do believe that. But with Ferrari, I feel like it's a team where the board probably has a much bigger say in things like staffing. So while all the decisions might not be made by the board, I still think they're going to have more of an influence there than what Vasur might want to let on to the media. There does seem to be some internal leaks happening within the team though. Not only have we had rumours that people might be leaving or are being fired, but we've also had news come out about staff contracts, and in particular, the length of those contracts. And that's news that only someone in Ferrari would know about, and AMUS, a German motorsport news outlet, thinks that this could be a deliberate leak. And look, I don't know whether it's being done on purpose or not, 
It could be something quite innocent, just a worker telling their partner or a friend about someone's contract running out and it's just gotten spread around. You know how these things happen. But if it is deliberate and to try and start up the rumour mill, then I think we can say that there's definitely some discontent in Ferrari that's causing someone to want to do that and that is an issue of its own. Compared to Ferrari, McLaren haven't had so many rumours surrounding them though. Instead, they just bit the bullet and got straight into their restructuring. The team announced a few days ago that James Keyes was going to be leaving McLaren as their technical director. As far as I know, there hasn't been a particular reason as to why he left or if he has any work lined up after this, but McLaren have announced some new positions in their team afterwards. The team have decided to move away from having a single technical director in charge of everything and have split up the role into three separate parts. They now have a technical director for aerodynamics, car concept and performance, and engineering and design. Peter Podromo, I hope I've pronounced that right, my apologies if I haven't, is taking over the aerodynamics department with 32 years worth of F1 experience. David Sanchez will be overseeing car concept and performance coming in from Ferrari. And finally, Neil Haldley was promoted to take over engineering and design. David Sanchez has to be the most interesting appointment there for me because of that move from Ferrari. When he left his role at the Scuderia, he had been linked with a role to his former team, but nothing had been confirmed at the time. Now we know, though, that those rumours were true. I'm just curious what the driving force was behind that move. He'd spent 10 years with Ferrari and then opted to go back to McLaren, which, to be fair, is a team that he is familiar with, but also a team that isn't doing as well as Ferrari right now, and has seen a bit of a decline in performance in recent years. So yeah, I would just love to know why he opted for that move. McLaren have been quick to say that none of these changes are because of the bad start that the team have had this season. They weren't reacting to that at all. But with Andrea Stella as the new team principal, he's taken the time to really look at and evaluate the team's structure and wants to build a solid foundation that the team can continue to build on in the future. And he thinks that this is going to be the best way forward for McLaren. Splitting that technical director role into three is going to mean that each of those men can really focus on their particular area. They aren't going to be stretched too thin and hopefully it will mean that there's less of a chance that things are slipping through the cracks when they're designing the car. But it's not going to be a quick fix for McLaren and I don't think that they're expecting it to be either. David Sanchez is going to be going on gardening leave, so he won't even be able to start with McLaren until next year. Right now, I'm just going to be interested to see how the rest of the season progresses for McLaren, and if there are any other changes coming up for them in their technical staff. I personally don't think there will be. I mean, I don't think McLaren are going to be dismissing anyone else right now. But if there is a growing discontent within the team, then there's always a chance that we are going to see some more people opting to leave. Right now, though, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for us to see whether this technical reshuffle is going to make a difference to McLaren, and we're going to have to see that in coming years. And finally, we are getting to the most recent piece of news as of the time of recording. 
and that is Nelson Piquet's fine. I'm going to give a quick bit of a backstory for people who might not know what's going on here or might have forgotten because it's been a little while since all this has started. So all this began back in 2021 when Piquet was doing an interview and talking about the Silverstone crash between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, whose girlfriend is Nelson Piquet's daughter. And whilst he was talking about that crash, he used racist language to describe Lewis, a word that is basically the equivalent of using the N-word in English. And after that had come out, there was another clip that had emerged when Piquet had been on a podcast and was speaking about Lewis losing the championship to Nico Rosberg in 2016, where he used not only racist language to describe Lewis this time, but also homophobic language. And I can never fathom why people have to use derogatory language to describe anyone. I don't care how much you dislike a person, I don't think there is ever a need to stoop that low, but obviously that is not how everyone else thinks. Lewis made a statement at the time this had all sort of surfaced, which was around July 2022 I think, so it had been a little while after the interviews that people had found these clips. And he didn't call out PK by name, but said that this was the type of treatment that he had basically faced his entire career and his entire life, and that these archaic mindsets needed to change and action needed to be taken in order for that to happen. Formula One had also come out in support of Lewis at this point and condemned the comments saying that discriminatory language is unacceptable and that Lewis is a great ambassador for the sport and that they were committed to his effort to increase diversity within F1. And both Mercedes and the FIA had echoed similar statements standing by Lewis and saying that they would help him do more in his push to increase diversity. Eventually, Piquet came out to apologise, but said that he never used the racist term as a racist term. It's just a colloquial term that they use in Brazil that can mean a person or a guy, and that he hadn't meant to offend anyone. It was just an ill-thought-out comment and said that he would never belittle someone based on their skin colour. The Brazilian courts obviously thought very differently here to Piquet. Four different human rights groups had brought charges against Piquet for the language he'd used. They asked him to pay 10 million Brazilian reals for moral damages, and the court ruled in their favour. But they asked Piquet to pay a smaller sum of 5 million reals, which is around about £780,000. But Piquet is able to appeal the decision if he wants to. On top of that, though, at the time the comments had been brought to light last year, Formula One also banned Nelson Piquet from the paddock, and considering we have a Brazilian Grand Prix, which would be his home Grand Prix, and that his daughter is dating the current reigning world champion, that probably wasn't welcome news to him, but I genuinely think it was the right action to take. There is so much work still to be done in F1 to create not only a more diverse environment, but also a safe environment where language like that isn't used. And even though there is a very long way to go to achieve all of that, I honestly think this was the right step for them to take. On whether or not PK will decide to appeal the decision, I think he will, guys. I don't really have a doubt about that. 
but I don't know whether it's going to make any difference to the judgment, and I think he is still going to end up having to pay that fine. Considering the first thing we heard about these comments was in around July last year, it's taken a few months to get to the decision, and yeah, for now this case is closed unless he appeals it, but this does just highlight the bigger issue that F1 and society as a whole are trying to tackle here with racism, homophobia and discrimination of any kind. And there is still a lot of work to do to help educate people on why language like that isn't helpful to use. But for now, I really hope the decision that the Brazilian courts have taken shows that this language is not okay to use, it is harmful and that there are repercussions for it because regardless of whether or not you are a public figure, whether you have millions in your bank account or not, no one should be calling you discriminatory, racist, homophobic names. It is not okay and I'm glad the courts and F1 have taken a stance on this. And that just about sums up some of the biggest pieces of news and rumours that have been going on in F1 right now. And to think that we are only two races into the season. I mean, who knows what else is going to happen by the time we get to the European leg of the season, because I don't think it's going to be long before the silly season rumours start out in full force either. But I will be waiting on those rumours to start happening. I feel like we're already starting to get little bits of it here and there. But we will see what happens, guys. And I will keep us updated on what is going on. Thank you guys so much. And you for listening. Make sure to follow this podcast because next week I'm going to be doing a review on the Australian Grand Prix. And please, please wish me luck for that one because I'm going to be on a dodgy sleep schedule anyway because of Ramadan, so we're going to have to wait and see how that one goes. Make sure you follow my Instagram and TikTok at stewards underscore office and I will see you guys the next time you're summoned to the stewards office.